Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, it's Monday morning. They've just done the race on Sunday. What What are you thinking? Can I get down those stairs is normally what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to another episode of Running with Jake, the podcast. I'm your host, Jake Clow. I'm a running coach, and we have Pete, the producer of the podcast, on hand as well. I don't know what he's on hand to do. He's normally twi- twiddling knobs and dials and playing with acoustics and stuff like that. Mate, I am concerned about you today, though. I love you on the show every week. It's great chatting to you on Zoom as we do, but you look rough as. Are you all right? <coughs> I've just got a cold, is all. I've just got a cold. and I, I just don't... You do sound rough, actually. I know, I know, I do, yes. People, and do you know what it is? You know, like, when, when, when you say, I've got a cold, people go, oh, you've got coronavirus. You know, no, I haven't, because I'm not even coughing. I've just got a blocked up nose and a ruined throat. No, I don't have corona. And even if I did, what of it? What of it? <laughs> <laughs> what of it? <laughs> what of Who it? Who says that anymore? I Who do. actually says that? <laughs> I say it just. I'm pleased that you're actually on the video camera, to be honest, um, on, on Zoom. I'm Like, quite genuinely, mm. I'm very serious about that because I don't want... I don't want any bugs and shit, you know? I don't want any, like, wasps things or colds or I don't want to stub my toe on the door. Uh, I don't want any... I don't want anything, man. I just... I just... I don't want anything right now. I'm, I don't want anything. I'm actually quite surprised that you're not wrapped in bubble wrap not right now because I know that I this be. is... You know, obviously, Manchester is coming up and that's something that you've been just waiting for for... Well, since the last time, which we won't talk about. We won't talk about that. But, you know, you have been waiting for it for a good couple of years now. And uh, it's finally here at the weekend. So, for God's sake, like you say, just be careful. Just be careful of the toes. Be careful of diseases. Is that why you're in a cupboard right now? I just feel like we've exhausted this. Um, Our listeners are going to be thinking, oh, God, he's talking about his recording studio again. Which isn't a recording studio. It's a bloody cupboard. I've actually made some improvements. I've actually made some improvement. No, seriously, I'm not joking. How so? I'm just going to turn the, the camera around, see if you can see this lot. I know people listening to the show can't see this, but can you see that little that's that little smelly thing up there? Oh yeah, that's um that's to ward off moths, and it actually smells very nice as well. So when I open the cupboard, the cupboard door to, to, to enter the new studio to record the podcast each week, I just have this nice kind of warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It smells nice. Oh, I love that's it. nice. I love it. I love You've it. got a good smelling yeah, cupboard. You've got a cupboard that sounds good with your microphone. And what's more, if you just stay in the cupboard until the weekend, you're not going to get ill because nobody else is in the cupboard. You're all on your own. It's fine. Today's guest is really good as well, actually. Uh, Jamie T, who knows, or James T, who knows a thing or two about marathons, it's fair to say. Say. And uh, during the chat, he does give a lot of advice about that uh, about that magic distance. I-, I love how you referred to him as Jamie T. There, we like to do that. We like to feel like our guests are our friends. I mean, I- I- by the end of the show, we should just refer to him as JT. You want to catch up with JT? <laughs> he's on the show today. <laughs> Make sure you check him out. No, he's a top guy actually. And, w- and when we recorded the call with uh, with James, we were talking obviously many different things about running, and he's a real passionate coach. And and you'll hear all about that in today's episode. But we're talking about kind of post. Post-marathon, really. Post, in this case, London now. Obviously, I'm sparing a thought for all those Londoners, those London marathoners that took to the streets on Sunday. 
just remarkable, incredible, amazing. I wonder how many people can cope with the stairs today. I don't think they will be doing anything, to be honest. But I, I think, you know what, it's really important, actually, Pete. Obviously, we have, oh, I have the Manchester Marathon coming up this weekend. Many people are going to be joining me on the streets of Manchester. Super excited about mm. that. But I think this is kind of a significant period this week now for people that have just done races. So I like the London Marathon. But even if you've got a race coming up in the future, that kind of post-week is a really funny time time because people often talk about the classic post-marathon blues when you just feel a bit oh now what what do Mm. i do now and and before a marathon people especially if they're new to it think oh post-marathon blues man i'm gonna be pleased this is over i'm sick of training in the wind and the rain on a sunday morning but then like with any big event in life when it happens and you tick that box you accomplish it there's like this lull there's this oh come down almost what what do i do now and it's very easy to have a knee-jerk reaction you know typically sign up for another event before the race you say i'm never doing another one and then afterwards you think well maybe maybe i put in the ballot maybe i sign up for another one in like four Mm. weeks time or something crazy i don't know the hell with it exactly i think it's really important not to uh react in a knee-jerk fashion so just spend some time in the aftermath of a big event that you've been working towards Rest, obviously, repair the body, rest the mind as well, but also spend some time reflecting. Really think about how the event went, what it meant to you, the highs, maybe the lows, what you do differently in training, what you do differently next time. And that can help to inform where you go from that point. So you can make some smart decisions on certain goals you set yourself for the future. I think that's really important. Like as a non-running guy who would never even consider doing a flipping marathon, I wouldn't even consider those marathon blues, but I can imagine that they really are a thing. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, my my advice on, um, on avoiding those marathon blues is don't do a bloody marathon in the first place, you lunatic. What are you playing at? It's too far. What are you doing? I actually really appreciate that you respect my advice, my credible advice. We, we, we aim to do that on the show. We aim to educate and give you the best running advice we can. Just stay in a cupboard for the next week. Don't leave, man. It's crazy out there. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Today's guest is James T. He's a very busy man indeed, spinning many plates. He's a lecturer and director of athletics at Cardiff Met University. He's also the head coach at a Cardiff-based track, road and cross-country training group. And if that isn't enough, he's also spent time in Tokyo at the Olympics this year looking after athletes over there. James, it's great to finally pin you down and have you on the show. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me on board. Yeah, so uh, it's not always easy to, to, to find the time. Busy time of year now. Do you know what? This is such a common thing to talk about, isn't it? How many people do we coach? How many runners do we know that are just pushed for time, trying to fit everything in, busy, busy lives? It's like, it's like are we getting busier in life? I don't I don't know. Is that what's happening? <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it? Well, we, we had that, that strange time during lockdown where everything just shut down. Um, I think, yeah, things are getting back to a little bit of normality. Um, I, you know, I'm obviously a university lecturer is the day job, so students are back on campus, back face-to-face um, teaching. And then, obviously, I look after the athletics club, so people coming back on board, people trying to get back into the sport. They've had a bit of time off. Um, and then I've got two young kids, 8 and 10, who are at clubs and, and different things going on and uh, and uh, an amazing wife that works full-time as well. So, 
yeah, it basically makes it makes it a little bit more challenging. And I've also got a few side projects as well. So uh, it's fun, fun but challenging. What's your bag, James? I'm really interested. You know, obviously you're working with a Cardiff-based team, so kind of cross-country, track, some road running. I know that you work with some um, top-level athletes as well. Where, where's your passion lie? Is there, a, is there a particular type of running or distance, for that matter, that you really enjoy coaching the most? Or are you pretty open to everything and you love it all? I became a coach almost by accident. I ended up looking after myself so fairly unusual being an international standard athlete self-coaching you you know and looking after yourself and I kind of learned what kind of works what didn't work so I, I was a miler by trade so middle distance predominantly and then when I went into coaching it was milers and middle distance runners that kind of you know sort of gravitated towards me in the beginning and then the group widened and you know I've coached uh, 400 meter runners up to you know 50k um, and everything in between, male, female, disability, um, young, old. And I just find that I don't think, it, it, you know, there's certain fundamentals and, and certain principles of training. That I think that's the fun thing, it, it is that transferable. Um, you know, I've been involved in projects where we've got people running from absolute zero to running a half marathon in 17 weeks and people that have gone on to represent Great Britain that came to university with no aspirations or no real real kind of realistic targets of doing that so I think that's the fun thing with the sport is you never quite know where people's parameters are they don't even know where their parameters are um, and I've kind of just decided not to pigeonhole myself and just you know people have told me for the years you, you need to coach one or two people you, you're doing too much but then I like the variety of training and coaching different people and and you know, and it's a it's a you know real reward as a coach to see um, as much you get as much buzz from someone. Yeah, as I said, you know, running for Great Britain for the first time, as in someone maybe completing their first ten k. Um, you know, because running's relative, and that's something I try and get out there to people that yeah, it's it's something that we can all do. Um, and if we do a little bit of training, we can all do a little bit better, hopefully. Just going back to how you kind of got into the whole thing, coaching and your own running. You know, talking about uh, the the mile event and things like that. Do you think it's healthy to, to be quite open to discover, I guess, what is possible? So I'm talking runners here specifically, I guess, James. But, you know, rather than runners pigeon pigeonholing themselves as this is my event or this is what I'm good at or, you know, almost putting barriers up, I, maybe I can't step up to a half marathon or a marathon if they're a 10 k do you think it's helpful to kind of break those barriers down and, and just be open to what is possible to help them discover perhaps where their true strengths are, if that makes some sense? good example is when I was looking after myself I was kind of you know sometimes um, a bit scared to push on to longer distances and, and often when we look after ourselves we, we stay in the comfort zone and we kind of you know go for what we, we know we're familiar with and maybe what we're best at um, I think I'd like to think I've created an environment where runners can test themselves a bit and actually feel that they can explore other distances even the, the parameters and, and um, you know, kind of scope that I give them in training that it's often, you know, it's, it's often a prescribed, you know, distance, but with them to make a choice on whether they go a little bit above it, uh, above it or below, um, because no one's exactly the same. And also you, you never know what someone's exact distance is sometimes. Um, you know, we have people that have come in saying they're going to be a middle distance runner and they end up a marathon runner and vice versa. People that come in thinking they're just a, a you know, oh, I've got no speed, I'm just a slow plodder. And then they end up doing some special stuff on the track and, and it changes their kind of viewpoint of the runner they are. So I, I think you never quite know where you're going to end up in terms of events. Um, the great thing with our sport is there's so many, you know, different events out there, whether it's, you know, track, road, cross country, mountain, fell, um, and all of those have multiple different distances within. 
Um, and yeah, some people compete. Some people love their competition. Some people do it and they, they're not so fussed on the competition. So I, I think the great thing is having that, that environment where people can explore it. But also as a coach that you don't, um, you know, you don't take it personally if someone was to say, uh, end up running a marathon that wasn't meant to run a marathon, which you've had happen. Um, <laughs> but hopefully it opens up the, you know, the kind of, you know, self-exploration and, and self-discovery and ultimately you know it's only ever yourself as a runner that goes out there and puts the work in so you've got to be accountable and in control of what you do to a degree so um, my job is to kind of steer things in the right or hopefully what a direction that I I have and also sometimes maybe just to say to people sometimes you're just doing a bit too much because um, all being there and overtrained and and that's no fun so I, I, I just almost sometimes ask questions about what they're doing and why they're doing it um, and give them a bit of structure. I think everyone everyone could do with a bit of structure. It helps, you know, whether you're focusing on something, training, racing. Um, yeah, so I, I try not to overthink it too much. I think too many people overcomplicate it and think that they've got a magic wand. There's zero magic wands here. Uh, maybe just some golden threads, I think. I'm interested in this, James, with you being a coach and at your level and experience and where you were doing, uh, you know, how you got into things with your own athletic sort of journey. Do you still have aspirations of your own? And if you do, are you happy to share those? And and I guess really what I'd like to know is how easy is it to balance that between coaching and, and your own goals? I mean, I saw you did a, a very fast mile recently competing in, in, in the Masters. You kind of just dropped that in. I saw on your Instagram, which was awesome. Is it something that still drives you, your own running? Yeah, I mean, r- running for me is just, it's been something it's been a consistent in my life probably since the age of 10 or 11 I, I do feel very very fortunate that you know I managed to get pretty much you know max out my own potential um you know finished fourth in the world championships went to multiple championships is uh, at certain times I didn't get the most out of myself but I kind of feel I had a you know a good effort at, at seeing you know how far I could go and and I think that you know when you, you start you know thinking about you know when you get older often people you know can't quite get over that they're going to start getting slower um but i kind of like i've always liked you know the the challenge of seeing what is possible with a busy life and everything you're doing um and it's almost like uh you know the only person you're competing with is yourself as long as you accept you're going to get slower once you get past a certain age um as long as you accept that you're going to be tired you're going to be busy but ultimately the feeling when you do a race or for me it is or the feeling when I do a hard training session um there's a real sense of achievement because it's it's much much harder than it was once upon a time just for every reason physical mental and you know time and and everything um but also I think it I'd like to think it kind of shows other runners or especially athletes in my group that that again it, it doesn't it you know this is a journey we said that word again um that you're on for you know however long you want to go on and it's we're not just about performance and when you hit a certain performance and if you start dropping off then you retire and disappear um and I hopefully that you know and I look at a lot of the runners that I coach and runners I don't coach now they're still running and they're still enjoying their running and and I think that's something to me that's always been you know a key message is you know I'm out there doing it sometimes and hopefully I'm not you know just barking orders on the side of the track and and you know I'm out there racing sometimes as well so I'm still putting myself on the line um, and I still get I still get a buzz from it um, I still get you know a huge sense of achievement 
I've been lucky to do some of the Masters circuit, which is absolutely great, where you've got a mixture of people like me that once upon a time ran, you've got people that have started up running in the last few years that are phenomenal, people from different sports coming in. I'm excited in a weird way to see what I can still run as I get older. Um, and, you know, that that's... But that is ultimately just a competition against myself and my age and, and, and what I can fit in. But... I, I definitely feel better on a day-to-day basis still running every day and, and I, I can't just go out and run easy I've got to once or twice a week put some kind of efforts in just because that's my bread and butter that's my nature and I still need to to feel those lungs and legs burning sometimes and whilst I can still do it that's the other thing is that weirdly I have picked up niggles and injuries at certain times but you know I, I ran this morning 5k on the treadmill and actually nothing really hurt that much so I kind of like whilst it's there I kind of feel it'd be um it would be an absolute waste if I didn't keep doing it for the moment. So, yeah, I'm not finishing anytime soon. So many interesting things I've picked up on there. I mean, this show, James, is your weekly dose of running motivation. So what we really try and do is speak to people like yourself that can inspire our listeners, motivate them, just get them thinking perhaps a little bit differently from how they currently do, you know, make some little adjustments that help them to get the most out of their running, which is what it's about. And there's a couple of things I wrote down here. So being curious, you know, the curiosity of well, how what can I do what am I capable of no matter where you are in that journey again or your stage in running or age you know take everything into account is something else that I've written down there you know you, you've got to look at all the other plates that you're spinning you know many of our listeners are not full-time athletes I'm sure they've got lives and families and responsibilities and social events and all those things emotions they go through it's important to factor that into things. And like you say, why not try it now? I am able to, mm. so let's go for it. Do you think there's almost too much pressure that people can put on performance? And do you think that their definition for most runners, their definition of performance or the way they measure it is down to the finish time? Ultimately, yeah, you know, we, we are, you know, competitive by nature. I think it's important to remember why you run also like the, the huge psychological benefits Um I was lucky enough to be commentating at the the Windsor Half Marathon at the weekend and I, I had to get up pretty early to get my run out before going and doing the comms. So I got up at six o'clock in the morning and I was running through uh, almost through the Great Park um, in Windsor and, and the mist was coming up and you could see deers and there was something about being up and awake and running and, you know, alive at that time. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but again, I kind of felt that like I'd miss this if I if I wasn't able to do it and... You know, and I got back and, you know, the old hotel breakfast tasted a lot better than it would have if I just laid in bed. Um, and I had that, you know, feeling that I'd done my run for the day so I could then do my job and cheer on and, and get all the runners home. Um, there is something about that and I still get a buzz from that. And I think, you know, you talk about the running high or the running bug and, and you know, I've, I've done many talks on it and those runners that I got running a half marathon in 17 weeks didn't believe me in the beginning and then halfway through they're, they're slightly hooked on it and by the end you know they're, they're runners and they, they love running so I think I think competition can be good sometimes because it it keeps us you know wanting to strive for more once it starts to become something where I'm not getting better and it you know it basically you know puts you off what you're doing um, but that's why I just break it up and you know try different distances and 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 ultimately just accept maybe if you do have a busy life like I do and, and many of the listeners do that yeah you know, ultimately you know you're, you're not going to maybe max you know what you can do but it's still a huge achievement to be out there so you know maybe in your training diary put a little asterisk next to it if you know you had a sleepless night because of the kids being up or because of work or 
But ultimately, you're still out there. It's If it felt like it was meant to feel, then that's often what I go by. So if it felt hard, then, yeah, hard 5K feels the same whether I do it now or whether I did it when I was in my peak 24, you know, 24 years of age. So, yeah, again, it's that word. It's all relative. If you go out and you do a, a, a 5K or whatever it might be, a training session, and you've got that burning in the lungs, you know you've given it everything, you know, you feel exhausted afterwards, but then after a bit of a stretch and a cool down, you've come around, you're on that, and you know, you've got that high, that endorphin release. But then you look at the time that perhaps you finished in and all of a sudden you get a sinking feeling because it's not the clock didn't stop where you wanted it to. But prior to that, awareness, you had all those feelings, you enjoyed the session, you pushed yourself, you learnt more about yourself. It's just having that gratitude, isn't it, and appreciation for, look, you, you are able to run because the minute you're... I mean, you must deal with runners that unfortunately pick up injuries, they're sidelined, they're on the subs bench, and all of a sudden it's, I don't really care about pace anymore, I just want to be able to run again. <laughs> just, I just want to get well, back we, out there. Yeah, well, we, we, we have a, a way that, you know, I, I kind of talk to a lot of the runners about run to feel, and a lot of our training sessions, because we have, you know, fairly large groups that... We, we actually run to time and even if we're on the track we don't use lane one of the track we lose you, we use lane six or eight the outside lane um, a, a few reasons for that so you know obviously you know three minute run for everyone is three minutes so it's not about how you know distance you cover um, the recoveries are exactly the same so people can you know obviously come back together in the recoveries um, you can obviously you know play differently with the recoveries some people can you know walk them some people can you know go, go a little bit faster but ultimately, you know, you're all doing a similar session. But it means that, you know, you get people thinking about how they feel during a session uh, rather than, you know, lap splits or, you know, their watches beeping every two seconds. They actually learn to run how they feel. But also when you come back the next week and the weather is atrocious and, and five times worse, you're not comparing it week on week. You know, we, we expect that you know, that we're going to get better just because we do something. And actually, it doesn't really work like that. Otherwise, we'd all be world record holders because if we just trained and ran and ran and got better and better and better, it would just literally just, you know, we'd all get faster and faster, which it doesn't quite happen. Sometimes you get dips. Sometimes you do get progress. Sometimes you don't get progress for three, four weeks, but you've got to put the work in, you know, you've got to put the, you know, the, the training in to suddenly then have a bit of recovery, a bit of rest, and then you get that adaption and you improve. So, yeah, I think it's just, going off that feel and and also i've got people that work full time coming in you know, to a training session people in their first years at uni their bodies are going to go through some um interesting experiences this year um <laughs> uh, in sleep and rest and recovery and diet and everything in between so you know it's getting them to think about their body rather than being so obsessed with you know where they are you know because you could do a track session and after one lap be despondent totally straight away that you're you're down on where you were three weeks ago but actually, if you go to feel and then you start to feel quite good during the end of the session and actually get it done, then actually you probably you probably end up doing pretty well. But even if you don't, you get the session completed. So I think that there's something about run to feel. Training surfaces, that's something that really interests me, sort of running on a variety of different surfaces for different reasons. There are some people, you know, experts, coaches that will talk about, you know, force is, is good and force is not a bad thing and, and this kind of stuff. But what's your view on the benefits behind running on different surfaces specifically related to avoiding injury different surfaces but it's also different types of training as well so in terms of cross training we use a lot of that in terms of you know the uh, elliptigos um, bikes swimming because um, ultimately you know all you know distance running races and you know runners they need an aerobic base you know you want to be as um, Steve Vernon calls them an aerobic monster um, and so, you know, whatever you can put in the system and keep building without getting injured is great. So often, you know, the likes of Jake Smith, you have a look at his plan, program, you can on Strava, huge amount of cross-training, Hanaro in the same. 
Um, and so there's runners that, you know, we've adapted what they do. So, you know, surface-wise or type of running doesn't always need to be putting the shoes on and, and pounding the pavement. But so in going back to surface, for, for me, there's a lot of forces that go through the body, you know, every time we run. And as I said, there are times of the year where you just have to accept you're going to be on the road. I quite like to use grass, especially this time of year. We're, we're on the grass tonight for a fart look. Again, there's a few reasons for that. It's a change of scenery. It's not on a track. Um, you know, there's a little bit of undulation, so the body has to adapt in terms of you know the core muscles. That you know everything around has to kind of activate a bit more. Um, it's less stressful through the joints because obviously it's a softer surface, um, and you know, and there's a bit of resistance. You know, especially if it starts to get a little bit wet, a little bit muddy, um, and and so yeah, you know, for me it just helps offset. You know, if you've got a running plan that you know this time of year is probably ninety, you know, seventy percent on road then, you know, those sessions where you can, you know, can get on grass. And then I advocate sometimes to the guys, uh, you know, and girls on a on a Sunday, if you can get onto a bit of a trail as well. Um, and just offset again, you know, if you're doing a long run and you're not in a marathon prep where it's about time and pace, it's just time on feet. So going and having a, an undulating trail run, it's that physical benefit of just less impact but also mental as well of just getting out uh, into the countryside or it's nothing better than a beautiful trail bit of a dirt trail underneath in a you know in a in a forest or something so well it it isn't for me that might not be everyone's um cup of tea but for me uh yeah a pine forest five ten mile loop would be heaven i'm with you all the way on that james and i think as well you know for people that are perhaps put the barriers up before they've even tried it i think it's really important to get out there and perhaps experiment a little bit with some trails and some off-road running and things like that you know if you, if you try it and you don't enjoy it that's fine not a problem it might not be your bag like it is for you james and for myself but at least experiment with it because i mean it's so good for like headspace as well which is so important in this day isn't it just having that kind of mental space not worrying about pace because obviously the terrain can be wildly varied not having to pause the watch every time you you climb over a style i think it's there's definitely a, uh, a definitely a place for getting on the on the off-road and the soft stuff you talk about grassroots I mean, I, I love that for, for that very reason, reducing the impact. As long as people are safe, you know, running through parks at night through winter, not so much. But when you can at the weekend, as you say, on a Saturday, get out there in the light, get on the grass. You know, if it's wet, will you still get out there with your guys and for like fartlek sessions where you get them to put spikes on or some trail shoes or will you just avoid the grass if it's wet? Tonight, there'll be a majority that might pull their spikes on. Some of them are going to be doing a bit of cross country. So, you know, it won't be alien to them. Some will do it in, you know, sort of a more grippy trail shoe. Um, some will be in slicks and that might not be the best option um, but I don't think it'll be too you know it won't be too slushy so it just you know maybe a bit of surface water being quite lucky it might might dry out I'm hoping but you know we, we don't have too much you know evenings left where we can maximise the you know the grass in the evenings so they're pretty experienced now so you know I think they're finding a way and we're lucky where we are in the park if someone is really struggling on the grass because they don't have the right footwear there is a path almost alongside of it or a loop around so again as a coach you just got to adapt you don't want someone to injure themselves and it be detrimental to them um yeah you've got to 
you know, adapt adapt to them and adapt to the environment around you. Yeah, get creative with your training as well and, and, and your environment, you know. get. I, I always view it as a playground. We've recently moved to um, to Winchester, James, from, from Bristol. Still getting very used to the area here. We talk about off-road because I'm training for Manchester at the moment, so everything's kind of, or ma- the majority of running is on the road, a bit more controlled. I can't wait to go and explore the South Downs way and just get on the soft stuff and just get creative with the space, you know. You need to find which parts of your environment from your home, let's say, lend themselves to certain sessions. I can't let you go, James, without picking your brains on marathons, specifically given the time of year it is. And I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle here. There will be a lot of people, I'm sure, that perhaps uh, come away a little bit disappointed, don't achieve perhaps what they uh, wanted to achieve, perhaps what they should have achieved. Maybe training didn't go their way. Maybe they didn't put the necessary work in. Have you got any thoughts or advice on generally how to deal with disappointment from from a marathon that didn't go to plan and, and what sort of things perhaps people should consider to help plot the path moving forward? I think that you know, there is such an achievement of finishing a marathon regardless of how it, it goes that you know, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, there is something in terms of you know, we, to run a marathon you've, you've got to be um, a bit different and you've got to embrace a bit of pain um, and so at some point even if you know, it will have hurt at some point in there. So, you know, congratulate yourself, you know, and, and for pushing through it. If you didn't even finish because of the injury, but you, you know, but you were smart and pulled out, you know, that's your body telling you you weren't quite ready to finish that day. So again, don't beat yourself up too much. Everyone's been there. Um, Steve Jones, former world marathon record holder, dropped out of his first ever marathon. Um, and then it was a marathon or two later, broke the world record. So the very, very best have all been there and had bad days. But I think it's it's maybe going back to that of not repeating the same mistake. So it might be thinking about if it was how you felt in the race, um, and you know, is there is there a way of training slightly differently? Uh, is there a way of maybe refueling slightly differently? Um, and I think that yeah, use it use that motivation. I think if you're disappointed when you cross the line, um, that's a good thing as well because it means that running means something to you. It means that performance means something to you. But also you can channel it into the next one. Um, there's nothing worse in life in being kind of blasé or kind of numb to anything where oh, it doesn't really matter I'm not really bothered um, whereas actually if it pisses you off a bit that's kind of a good thing for me because that means that actually that's the fuel for next time that um, you know that you're going to then you know pen in that next marathon you're going to think about okay I want to do better next time um, so you always try and you know turn it round to be a positive rather than a negative um, yeah, and as I said, that you know that marathon game as a coach, and I've done a marathon myself, and it was tough. But I I know myself that the moment I kind of finished it, well, actually not the moment. About a few weeks later, I was like, I want to do another one. I want to I want to nail it better next time. So uh, yeah, there's there's something. Yeah, I, us runners, are, we're not normal people. So um, but yeah, don't don't think you're alone if you 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 don't get what you want. But it it annoys you use it as a positive it's using that disappointment to give you the fire in your belly to 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 almost make amends as it were or to have your day in the future it's it's about how you use and harness that disappointment marathon's obviously a beast we know that after the race that classic i suppose emotion and feeling and thought process you went through a few weeks later I'm going to have another go. You know, it's the classic, isn't it? People doing their first marathon oh when it gets to the marathon I'm never doing another one again then you ask them a few days later what generally is your advice i know it's a big question people are different but recovery after a marathon i mean people i always think that if people do well in a marathon 
that's potentially quite dangerous or could be because they're thinking, oh, I wonder how much faster I can go. How much better can I be? And they're up for it. They want to relive that experience. So therefore, they could get out and train too soon. If they're disappointed, they could want to make amends. Again, they could want to get out there too soon and and push things uh, more than they should. Recovery advice, post-marathon. It's Monday morning. They've just done the race on Sunday. What, What are you thinking? Can I get down those stairs is normally what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, or I'm not going up those stairs. Um, I think, yeah, um, most of us or, you know, or the, and the runners <laughs> I've uh, had marathons, there have been a few exceptions, but, you know, they're, they're exceptions to the rule, not not the, uh, the rule. Um, yeah, those couple of days after the marathon, the legs are beat up, um, you know, and so it's not a great few days. But, you know, I think if you can do something active recovery somewhere along the lines in terms of, you know, whether it's just spinning on a bike or going for a swim, anything where you just get a bit of blood flow going, you know, whether you're booking for a massage, you know, maybe not a day after or, you know, two days after, maybe three days after. So the body's got a bit of time to start healing itself naturally. And then obviously seeing someone that can get in there and basically just give you a bit of an MOT, um, you know, and, and push things on a little bit recovery wise. And then, and then it's a case of just easing very, very slowly back in. Um, you should have, you should have emptied the well at the marathon. You know, if you, if that was your aim, if the marathon was your aim, if you did it uh, on a whim, it might be slightly different. But if that was your aim, you know, you should mentally and physically be, you know, pretty Done. spent. But I think the body will love getting back into a routine again, and also that training's pretty brutal going into a marathon. So you actually can enjoy a few weeks where you can just, you know, run easy and recover and. Sometimes people have really surprised themselves three, four weeks after where they've run some really fast times for 5K and 10K. Um, but don't always be fooled by that. Sometimes there's a payback even further along the line with a marathon. And it's, it, you're not, you know, not through the woods two, three weeks after. Sometimes it can be four, five, six weeks after you get this kind of delayed kind of response to it. So everyone's slightly different. Um, I think it's a case of just listening to your body. I think that's the key thing. And then, yeah, easing back in and then, you know, kind of yeah, get, getting a goal. I think that's the important thing of getting a goal back in, you know, whether that's, a, you know, shorter distances to start with, maybe just to get those legs spinning. Um, and then obviously having that marathon, you know, back in the, the, uh, the mindset, you know, if you are a marathon runner. But yeah, I think it's accepting, you know, that, yeah, the legs aren't going to feel great, but they do, they do recover. Again, the body's an amazing machine, uh, an amazing bit of kit. And if you look after it, it will it will look after you. I think as well, if you're not that experienced with marathons, we spoke about feel in this chat. If, if you don't really know how your body responds to marathons, it's probably worth being a little more cautious and not kind of jumping and itching to get back out there again. Just quickly, James, on, on racing, you mentioned there. When do you think, for people that have, have done a marathon, when do you think is a good time to think about, let's say, a, a half marathon, for example, and kind of use that almost carryover fitness, if you like, from, from the marathon? What is, what is a safe time frame, do you think? Again, it really depends what the recovery is like. I think, you know, if you can get through those first, you know, two, three weeks where you can start to get back to some kind of normality, um, often, you know, for, for you know, most runners now, you've got the luxury of maybe going down to do a park run um, and seeing how those legs feel, whether there's any zip in there. Um, you know, you'll you're know sometimes, you know, whether you're, you know, you're still carrying the marathon or whether, you know, you, you do have a little bit of kind of, you know, fitness kickback from it. Um, 
and then it might be you know six seven weeks after because it gives you three weeks maybe four weeks kind of build up into a half marathon so it's possible a couple of months after that you could run very very well um again it just depends what your your history is going into that first marathon and also what your you know what your kind of long run of volume was going into it you know if your long run was only 18 miles and you go and run a marathon chances are it's going to take slightly longer to recover if you've been one of those those um marathon beasts where you've been running 24 miles on a sunday and the marathon you hit the marathon then the recovery is going to take slightly less because you know your um you know your body's very used to that kind of duration of time or more so it's just so different i think if you do run a you know pbs after the marathon in in, in you know a close time scale uh, it's an absolute bonus it maybe means that you've probably got even more there in a you know in a few weeks time when you're even fresher and even more focused so um yeah but i think we you people can definitely maximise some of that marathon fitness. So don't think just how you feel kind of physically, kind of like you're going to feel drained, that that's it. People feel as if like, my God, I was in the best shape of my life on Sunday. I've run a marathon. Now I feel like I could never run another step. I feel like all that fitness is gone. It's just, it's that fatigue, but you've got to allow the body to recover. But once you do allow the body to recover, you can see some special stuff off the back end of it. James, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. I could talk to you all day, but I know you've got a load of freshers to go and control. <laughs> and I'm keep... do some teaching, yeah. <laughs> oh, you've got to do some teaching. We've got to let you go. Listen, um, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. Before we let you go, James, I've got to ask you one final question. Go on. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. James, what does the word motivation mean to you? For me, it's, it's your reason for getting up in the morning and doing what you need to do. For us as runners, it's that reason we pull our trainers on and it's and it's only, you know, it's only relevant to you. So what motivates you um, can be totally different to someone else. So, but yeah, find it. And, and if you know what it is, that, that's a special thing. James, you're a good man. Great to chat. Have a great day. Awesome. Take care, Jake. Look after yourself. Running with Jake, the podcast. Look, Pete, I'm just saying, I think after the London Marathon and all the fundraising, all the charities and all the talk of money and money and money, I just, I just, I just think people aren't up for scrounging. They don't want to hear it anymore. They just have had enough. I don't think now is the best time. I'm just saying. Just, 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 you're using the wrong word there. You're using the word scrounging. Why would you use the word scrounging? What you mean is raising funds towards something great. That's what you're talking about. You just need to reframe it slightly. It's like you're the type of person, a tabletop sale, you'd refer to it as a jumble sale. Do you know what I mean? It's not a jumble sale, it's a tabletop sale. It's not jumble. Oh. You've just turned us into the jumble sale of the podcast world there, Jake. You've just stepped back into the 80s. All, <laughs> all I've tried to do... I love a tabletop sale <laughs> at a village hall. <laughs> Bit of bric-a-brac. Oh, yes, I'll take some bric-a-brac. Thank you very much. To me, it doesn't say rubbish. It just says bloody cheap. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Anyway, the point is, you have cheapened our podcast just right there and then, and all I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to offer people the chance, the opportunity to help out uh, in, in its production because it does cost us money, absolutely. And I'm so thankful, so thankful to our wonderful patrons uh, who who help us out. Uh, and if you do fancy dipping your hand into your into your pocket, and um, giving us some money in return we'll give you some bric-a-brac and some jumble in the form of a podcast and um, and, and yeah you can, you can do that you can give well, all I'm trying to say is if you want to give us money for the show then that'd be great you can do uh, runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast is the website address to go to and there's a little Patreon banner at the top there it's at the top because we need your money 
We need your money. <laughs> From bric-a-brac to helping you with your running. I mean, look, believe it or not, that's what this show is all about. It's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag AskJake. Today's question comes from Gareth, who wants to know if running on the tarmac, on the pavements, on the roads is really bad for your joints. He's had a few friends, a few non-running friends, uh, concern him about this, saying that running is bad for the joints, and he wants to know what the deal is. Listen, if when you're running on the tarmac, impact in itself is not actually a bad thing. It's all about how your body uses and distributes that force, if that makes some sense to you. So the better your running technique, the better your running action, you will be able to deal with those forces much better. And in actual fact, force can be your friend. It can help you to propel yourself forward so that you've got that forward momentum. Having said that, it does take a lot of good technique and it depends on the experience of the runner. I personally think that incorporating some softer surface running is really healthy. I think variety is good. The body likes variety. I think getting onto the grass just through the local park to reduce impact, getting onto canal paths or off-road a little bit on the trails, wherever you're comfortable, I think can really help. So don't necessarily avoid the tarmac running, but introduce some other uh, surfaces to your weekly schedule. And I think that will help. I hope that helps. Keep injury free. Enjoy your running. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. I told you about the scented mothballs in the studio cupboard, didn't I? You did, yes. Yeah, what I didn't tell you is I actually bought an extension cable as well, which I'm very excited about because what I was having to do was go downstairs and knock on the door of the new neighbours and borrow an extension cable every single week, which is getting a little bit embarrassing, to be honest. It's just, you know... It's not the kind of thing that I want to make a habit of, so I'm quite happy. It's another little upgrade for the studio. I mean, what what upgrade will I bring to the podcast next week? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It's insane, isn't it? But you see what? That's that's proof there that we're not begging when we talk about Patreon. That's an example of the podcast costing us money. It cost Jake an extension cable. Look, we'll chat about this in our show debrief. That is it for today's <laughs> episode of the podcast. If you are running Manchester Marathon this weekend... I hope you're staying rested this week. Stay very, very mindful. Don't forget, give yourself three targets. Don't just choose one time to target on the day. Give yourself three targets. I think that can really help. Stay rested this week. Stay safe. Stay in the cupboard. And I will see you on Sunday. Mate, have you forgotten... Uh... I packed everything, mate, for Sunday. I, I, it's been packed for weeks. I'm t- Oh, no, no, no. Oh, and one more thing. <laughs> The difference between where you are and where you want to be is what you do.